So some of you know this already, but uh, a few weeks ago I had a bit of an accident. Um, we, were, uh, uh, we were returning from an event and uh, I went to just duck across the road. There were no cars on the road or anything. Went to duck across this side road. It was an old road. It was, and, and as I went uh, to jump across the curb, there's a lot of gravel on the ground and I kind of slipped and I ended up tripping down the curb. And uh, those who were there say that I ended up um, doing this really impressive sort of dive roll across uh, the road. Um, and it was one of those things, you know, in slow motion when you know you're starting to fall and you think, and I'm looking at this gravel on this bitumen road and this is going to end really ugly and, and I don't know, I just channeled my inner stuntman somehow and <laughs> so I'm rolling on the road and I kind of stand up from uh, the road and I check and I haven't landed on my face, there's no blood there, I look at my hands, they're all clean, even my knees are not scun and, and I think, wow, I, I'm all good. And then I have this really painful feeling in the back of my right leg and I realise that uh, I've really damaged my hamstring bad as I've, uh, as I've rolled over it. Been to the physio and whatever and he says, yeah, you've got a really bad hamstring strain. And I, uh, I limped around for about a week and, and even for two or three weeks since then I can walk but I can't really do any more than walk while my hamstring kind of recovers. And um, it was just this moment where I was fine on the outside. When I jumped up from the road, I thought, I'm all good. There's no problem here. I was fine on the outside, but there was something not right on the inside. And uh, my guess is some of you know what that's like. You know, to be really good on the outside, everything appears fine on the outside, but on the inside things are not good. And sometimes that can be physical, like a, like a muscle tear or a, a headache or, you know, you're dealing with gut pain or something like that. And people see on the outside and you look fine, but it's like a, things are not good on the inside of me. Sometimes that can be um, emotional or psychological, you know, and, and it can, things like anxiety and depression, these things, we can look fine on the outside but be really struggling, be, be, be not right on the inside. And sometimes it can be spiritual. We can look fine on the outside, but we can feel disconnected from God on the inside. We can look fine on the outside, but we can be struggling to forgive someone on the inside. We can look fine on the outside, but be struggling with prejudice or pain or just feeling spiritually dry on the inside. We're talking in this uh, short series about prayer. We said we're talking about prayer because Jesus talked a lot about prayer. Jesus talked about what to pray, but we said last week that Jesus spent more time talking about how to pray than about what to pray. And we're at a story uh, that Luke tells us in his biography of Jesus where um, Jesus' disciples watch him pray. And, and when he finishes praying, they say, Jesus, can you teach us how to pray like you? And he talks them very briefly about what to pray. But then he tells them a story about how to pray. He tells them a story about a man who asked boldly and persistently for something. And he says, that's how you should pray. Prayer isn't something we said last week. Prayer isn't something that Christian people just do to feel good. It's not a kind of warm comfort on the inside that Jesus teaches us to pray expecting things to change. We pray about things actually expecting that the God of the universe can change things. 
Jesus teaches that prayer can change things. Praying, believing that things around you can change. Praying boldly. Uh, the word in the story that Jesus used it was translated as audaciously. Pray boldly and audaciously that things can change when we pray. But you know, bold prayer isn't just about changing our circumstances and things that are out there. Praying boldly and audaciously isn't just about praying for our health. It's not just about praying for our family and for a job and for relationships and for our finances. Bold, persistent and audacious prayer also has the power to change us on the inside. Because sometimes, like my dive roll across the road, we can look fine on the outside, but we are just desperate for God to do something and to fix something on the inside. Do you know what I'm saying? Have you ever heard about King David in the Bible? He, was, uh, he lived about a thousand years or so before Jesus. He was a super famous king for the Jewish, for the Israelite people. He was, he was a fantastic king. He was a great warrior. He was a poet and a songwriter. According to Wikipedia, he looked something like this. I'm sure he didn't look like that, but 600 years ago, someone painted that picture and said, that's David's supposed to be playing the harp. I don't know how that's a Middle Eastern guy of a couple of thousand years ago, but that's David. Or another artist said that he looked like this. Uh, this is David here and uh, one of the prophets telling what's going on. Um, he doesn't look too happy about what's going on, but uh, apparently that's what he looked like. Um, or here's, here's another painting of what David looked like. Uh, there's a chubby little angel holding a skull and a sword. I'm not quite sure what that part's about. Um, but this is supposed to be David here and his gold robes and all of a sudden he's, this is him old, he's got a grey beard and whatever. Uh, I think there's one more, this is my favourite. Um, this is David when he was buff and uh, you know he's, he's looking pretty good there. And there's a random little child here, I'm not quite sure what that's about but uh, David's been famous throughout history right? He is a guy that has captured people's imagination, people have been thinking about him and writing about him and, and painting him and sculpting him for thousands of years. He was super rich, he was super powerful, and he was super famous. But along the way somewhere, he made a terrible mistake in his life. You can read about this in uh, 2 Samuel chapters 11 and 12. We're not going to go there, but if homework, 2 Samuel 11 and 12. Tell the story of a, a day that David was walking around on the roof of his house, which, which for us is probably more like walking around on the balcony. He's walking around on the roof of his house and he sees on an adjoining house somewhere, he sees a really pretty girl and she's in the bath on the roof because that's where you put a bath, I guess. <laughs> she's having a bath on the roof. He sees her and, uh, and like any king or powerful people, he's got all sorts of servants and kind of helpers around him. And, and so he gets some of these people to go, go find out who that woman is down there. They find out who the woman is and... They bring him to David because if the king wants to see you, you know, you go. And uh, cut a long story short, they end up having a one-night stand. It's a terrible mistake for David, but it gets even worse when she comes back to him a little while later and says, hey, I'm pregnant. And, and, then, and then David makes an even worse mistake because he creates, it's a long story, but, but he creates a situation 
where her husband, who's away at war, fighting David's war, right, creates a circumstance where her husband gets accidentally killed. And so David effectively adds murder to the list of things that are kind of going wrong in his life. But David thinks that no one knows anything about this. I mean, the advisors and people around him, they're absolutely loyal to the king. They won't say anything. And then one of the prophets, one of the the, the men of God that are around David who will speak God's word into his life, come to him and say, God's shown me something. God knows what you did. David is a broken man. It's out. Now, everyone knows. He's broken not on the outside. On the outside, it's all going well. He's still rich and powerful. They win the war. But on the inside, he's a broken man. Like I said, read all about it. 2 Samuel chapters 11 and 12. Now, I said that David was a a songwriter and a musician. I want you to listen to a poem or a song that he wrote right at this point in his life, this broken man. We've got a copy of it. It's in the book of Psalms, another part of our Bible. This is Psalm 51. This is David, a poem or a song, we don't know, but this is what David writes. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. He recognises the character of God. you hear that? According to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, all the things that I've done wrong. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before you. You see it all, I know that, he says. Against you only have I sinned and I've done what's evil in your sight. So you're right in your verdict and justified when you judge. I know what you're saying to me. I know what you want to do to me. I know it's all right and it's all fair because you know everything that's happened, he says. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. You're seeing this now, but we both know, God, that I've been messed up since the very beginning, right? Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop. Hyssop is a, 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 like a bush that in that time they would, they would cut, the, um, uh, uh, cut the little parts of the bush off, tie them up, and they would, they would sort of dip it in incense or in blood and use it like a, kind of like a paintbrush, you know, to, to sort of brush on the water of blessing or the, uh, the blood of forgiveness. So he's saying, do that to me. You know, brush me and clean me with the, uh, with the hyssop. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let, my bo- let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sin and blot out all my iniquity. Verse 10, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit. Renew a spirit that is strong and stable within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Can you hear there? David's not praying a feel-good prayer. He's praying a bold, audacious prayer that God would do something on his inside. 
He believes that God can change the mess that's happening inside him. He believes that God can forgive him. He believes that God can turn him around. He believes that God can bring his heart and his inside, make him whole again on the inside. Can you hear that in the prayer? He's praying for his heart. Have mercy on me, I God. Oh God, cleanse me from my sin. I was sinful at birth. Cleanse me and I will be clean. Wash me. Create in me a pure heart. Oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. David is praying that God will do something. David is boldly praying that God will do something on the inside. In the New Testament, Paul talks about people who come to God being a new creation. 1 Corinthians 15, 7, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. And another letter he writes, Colossians 3, 10, put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator. God wants to do something inside us. When a person comes to Jesus, it's not just the outward circumstances that change. There's something that changes on the inside of us. It's a work that God wants to do, renewing us from the inside out, making us a new creation from the inside out. And this just isn't a once-off thing. Sometimes people think this new creation, this isn't just something that sort of when you say yes to Jesus the first time, it just happens like this. This is an ongoing work of the Holy Spirit that he's doing in his people day by day, by week, by week, by month, by year. Bold prayer isn't just asking God to change our circumstances on the outside. It's not just about praying, God, change the world around me. Audacious prayer is about asking God to change me on the inside, to do something, to do a work on the inside of me as well. When we think about prayer, we, we, we tend to think, and it was what we talked about last week, when we think about praying bold, audacious, faith-filled prayers, we tend to think about our, ex- our external circumstances, don't we? We tend to think about what's going on around us. We think about our jobs and we think about our family. We think about our, our health. We think about our finances. We tend to think about those sort of things. But it's just as important, the message for today, if you remember nothing else, it's just as important to boldly pray that God would do something on the inside of you. I mean, that's why we, we, we talk in this place about confession. Not that we're going to stand up here and say, hey, these are all the things I've done wrong. But it's the space to say, God, forgive me. God, do a work. I might look fine on the outside, but there's things going on on the inside. Come and do something. Come and deal with the mess that is inside me. The mess that I've created inside me. The mess that other people have created inside me by the things. that Come and forgive me and make me new. That's what confession is all about. It's why we've often had, we did a couple of weeks ago, we'll continue to have times from time to time where, where we give ourselves time and space alone when we gather like this. Just time to do business with God, to sit with scripture, to sit in prayer. Because we want to make space for people to experience God working on the inside as well as singing songs and doing things on the outside. Does that make sense? 
It's why we talk so much about that daily relationship with Jesus. You know, that it's not just what happens here on a Sunday, but about scripture and prayer and things, about living that lifestyle during the week, creating space during the week where you are talking, where you are listening, where you are inviting God to do something on the inside of you. Because it's so easy to go through life looking just at the outward, isn't it? God, give me a job. God, heal my sickness. God, give me a girlfriend. God, heal this relationship. God, help me pay this bill. And yet our hearts can be all messed up on the inside. Sin and brokenness, loneliness, disconnection with God. Sometimes the boldest, most audacious, most courageous prayer that we can pray is create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. Make me a new creation. Transform me from the inside out. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that as we share communion together. Communion is an opportunity for you to sit at the foot of the cross as you remember the body and the blood of Jesus broken for you and to just invite God to come and do what he wants to do on the inside of you. David messed up big time. But David prayed boldly to God, create in me a clean heart, renew my spirit within me. And God answered that prayer. And out of David's mess came healing. And out of his healing came family. And out of that family came the saviour of the world. Isn't that amazing? God took that broken, messed up guy and out of his prayer for cleansing and renewing came the genealogy that would birth Jesus, the saviour of the world. Imagine what we could have missed out on potentially had David not had the boldness to pray. Had David just given up and gone, this is the way I am, I'm just a mess, I'll live with that. Imagine what the world could have missed. Friends, don't ignore your heart. Don't ignore what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you and through you from the inside out. Audacious prayers aren't just about our external circumstances. Praying boldly, praying persistently, praying audaciously, God, create in me a clean heart, might just be the most important prayer that you'll ever pray. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for David's story and the, the lesson it teaches us, the inspiring lesson it teaches us about boldly and audaciously courageously praying God creating me a clean heart come and do something in me and I pray for people sitting right here now who have got that little stirring inside them knowing that there's something inside them going on 
Lord, I pray even right now as we sit here by your Holy Spirit that you would be ministering to people, that you would be working in people. Father, I pray not a one of us would leave this place without taking some action on that little stirring, without doing something about that little feeling, that little bubbling that's happening inside us. If you need to pray with someone, pray with someone. If you need to talk with someone, talk with someone. If you need to make time to catch up with someone during the week, do that. It might just be the most important prayer that you ever pray. Thank you in Jesus' name.